Hello, Taco Fight fans. Thanks for tuning in to another wonderful episode of Knuckle Up at Four with your man, Mike Orr at Four and Cedric Ben in the Den. And again, joining us today, our very special guest, James Hagler. And uh, we are continuing today with our uh, Black History and our uh, Murderers Row Boxing and uh, another two guys. And uh, this wonderful elite boxing club that all you guys know, uh, now that we've uh, brought it to your attention, and we're going to continue with it today. So, Cedric, why don't you take us away? Perfect, perfect. So, today we got Mr. Hallman Williams and the Coco Kid, Herbert Hardwick. So, starting with Mr. Williams first, um, Hallman Williams was born January 30th, 1915, in, the, in Pensacola, Florida, the same birthplace as my favorite boxer, Roy Jones Jr. Um, as an amateur, he had, a, he had a short career before turning professional in 1932. And, uh, you know, as I said before, that you know there wasn't too much highlights of these guys back then, so we got to just kind of have to go on, off the research of what people wrote about them. And uh, this this little brief description that that they wrote about him is similar to, you know, I think one of one of the main boxers nowadays, if I'll read this description first, it said he was one of the smartest technicians to grace the squared circle. His skill set was unbelievable. The fleet footer boxer puncher was a defensive genius with an excellent jab. But if you but if you were to nitpick anything about his game, about his, uh, you know, his lack of uh, anything that he lacked, it was his lack of power. I don't know. To me, that sounds kind of like how people describe Mayweather. Yeah. <laughs> Smart, you know, skill set, defensive genius, uh, good jab. But if you know, people talk about he doesn't knock people out. <laughs> it's kind of, uh, kind of. So that'd be interesting to see them two go at it. Um, of course, it'd be a bolder fight. Yeah, <laughs> I guess so. I guess so. Um, he was stable mates of Eddie Futch and Joe Lewis. Uh, of course, everyone knows the great Joe Lewis. For those of you that don't know who Eddie Futch is, he went on to to, to coach great Hall of Fame boxers, uh, including Bernard Hopkins and um, some other some other Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame boxers too. Riddick Bowe, yes, exactly. Um, so Eddie Futch was you know instrumental in a lot of lot of Hall of Fame boxers' career, um, and he, uh, stable he was stable mates with uh, Mr. Hall Williams here. Um, as a matter of fact, he was quoted. Uh, um, Eddie Futch was quoted as saying, you know, just giving Williams such good compliments. He said that he would rather watch Williams shadow box than watch most other fighters in action. That's how, that's how much of a great technician he was. Um, upon retiring, you know, he, just like most boxers, he still was in the gym um, helping out train, train the next generation of boxers and specifically in helping training uh, Joe Lewis um, at the at the Lewis and Brewster Recreational Center in Detroit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all right, Mike, give us his uh, give us his uh, his record. <laughs> yeah. Yo, this record, guys. Wow. Let me just tell you: uh, 146 wins, 31 losses, 11 draws, 36 knockouts. Man, this five ten and a half, 71 inch reach middleweight. Okay. Had a knockout percentage of only 19.05%. So that lack of power that you're talking about really does show. Huh. Uh, guys, when you uh, when, when you get on this here, man, that's a total of 189 bouts in his <laughs> career. 
189 professional bouts. It's two pages on BoxRec if you want to check it out, man. <laughs> and that's That career, we're talking 189 bouts in only a 16-year career. So uh, that just goes to show you how often these guys fight. Uh, the funny thing I wanted to, I wanted to mention was um, Williams had a string of five victories, including wins against, I think it was uh, Baby Tiger Flores, Archie Moore, Kid Torino, and Bob Satterfield. Uh, even though Williams was ranked number three, uh, the number three middleweight, and primed to challenge then uh, champion Tony Zale, uh, his title fight never materialized as the Man of Steel. Um, Tony Zale went off to fight in World War II. So it never, never happened. Um, also, also um, the funny thing is, is we're going to talk about another guy that's coming up in a minute here who was unquestionably um, Holman's uh, boogeyman, to be honest. And I'm talking about the Coco Kid. So the Coco Kid, because these guys fought each other so many times, uh, you know, he, he actually was, uh, it, you know, Holman Williams boogeyman, which is kind of crazy about that. Mm. Uh, The rivals fought eight times, um, you know, and kid beat, or sorry, they fought 11 times and kid beat Holman Williams eight out of that 11 fights, man. So uh, some, some, some big numbers there, man. Only person that could really, that that could really test him was, was Kokoa kid. Yeah. Go ahead, James, go ahead. Chime in, chime in. Well, I I just wanted to say, um, you know, who who you think would win out of Zale and him? Um, well, because Zale is what they compared my dad to Zale. You know, say I think my dad Zale comes before my dad, so uh, that was interesting to, uh, to you know to hear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I think uh, well, the one thing about about uh, Marvin Hagler, he never ran out of gas. Yeah. Uh, he was always in extra shape. And oh, we got the champ in the house. We got the champ in the house. Shania, Jim, what's up, baby? I need my earphones. <laughs> hey, how y'all doing? All right, all right. Can oh, you hear I can us? Hear now. You can hear us? I can hear. Yeah. Tim, okay, say what up to we got James Hagler up here. It's Marvin Hagler. Hey, son, James Hagler. hey, I remember real quick when I first started boxing. Give me the earplugs, Shania. <laughs> I remember when I first started boxing, and down the down where in South Philly, um, the Italian market where they made the uh, uh, the Rocky movie. Yeah, that's yeah. where the gym was on um, on uh, Passion and More. And that's your uncle. That's my dad. That's your dad. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, and he walked. He came in. He came into the gym. That's the first time I met him. That was Marvin, marvelous. Let me put my things on. <laughs> yesterday, marvelous Marvin Hagler. That's the first yeah. time I seen him. Boy, he was something too in the gym and everything. You know, yeah, it was yeah, just yeah. like one day. And then yeah. I met him. A, then I did a couple of events with him. Then we got to be good friends. That's yeah. cool. That's cool. That's great to hear. Um, yeah. When the last time? When the last time you talked to Dean? Dean, Dean, uh, the Welsh Road Warrior. Nah, Dean Smith. I know Dean Smith. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, with the uh, ABA. I know Dean. The American Boxing Association. Tell Dean to come on the show. Yeah. Dean likes to stay in the back background. Back you know the Irish dude, man. Mm. Oh, Dean, Dean, we just had him on. 
Isn't that yeah. Dean that we just had on last week from the UK? No, no, no. That's Dean. That's Dean the Welsh Road. Dean Williams. Yeah, he okay, played okay. in the Rocky movie. Yeah, another wow. one. Yeah, the Road Welsh Warrior. Yeah. Wow. Right. Wow. Hey, but listen, we right in the middle of talking about Holland Williams yeah. right now. Okay. We just finished. <laughs> um, Champ, Champ, you just came in. We just finished talking about uh, Holland Williams, one of the the, the famous murder, murder uh, members of the Black Murderers Row, born in 1915. Um, you know, fought all fought all the top guys except for you know the they wouldn't give him a shot. Um, and yeah, we just finished talking about his his crazy record. And uh, yeah, we're about to move on to the the Cocoa Kid. I don't know if you got anything to say about Mr. Holland Williams. I wasn't born then, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I was born in '57. But um, I guess you know, the first first time I heard of the uh, death. What is it, Death Row? The Murderer's Row. Black Mur Murderer's, Murderer's Row. Row. That's the first time I heard. Mm. I, heard I know they had something in Philly where they, they had this, some Murder Row gang or something like that. But yeah. that yeah. one I never heard of. That's interesting. Yep, yep, yep. Now, now we're moving on to um, Herbert Lewis Hardwick, who went by the name the Cocoa Kid. Yeah. <laughs> born, born May 2nd, 1914 in Mayaguez, Puerto Rico. His yeah. family moved to Atlanta, Georgia. Um, he started boxing. This kid, he had his first pro fight at 15. 15 mm. years old in 1932. <laughs> um, he was the only only Hispanic member of, of the of the Murderers Row. He changed his name to Cook to the Cocoa Kid, uh, reportedly in tribute to the Hall of Fame Cuban Kid Chocolate. Um, they said he was a decorated pugilist with a solid left jab. And a dangerous right cross. You talking about Kid Chocolate? No, no, talking about Cocoa Kid. He named his. He kind of named himself after Kid Chocolate. Oh, I was gonna say okay. Go yeah, ahead. yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. During his time, he he had uh, thirteen fights with uh, the man we just talked about before, Holland Williams, winning eight of those. Yes. And uh, and yeah, well, supposedly he was supposed to to to. to they're in negotiations negotiations to fight Sugar Ray Robinson, but the negotiations broke down. They were saying because he knocked down Sugar Ray in sparring a couple of times, so uh, that was kind of one of the reasons why the fight never actually happened. But you know how it is, the, the rumors rumors get around. Um, Mike, please give us his record. Yo, yes, yes, this 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 is a good one, man. This kid, three okay, guys, three pages, three pages of fights here. Three pages. Three three pages. Hey. Uh, Two hundred and forty nine bouts in his career, uh, and yo, it spans it spans. Like, you know, 19 years, man. His career went from 1929 to 1948, and he amassed a record of 178 wins, 58 losses, 11 no contests, with 48 wins by knockout. Uh, only, you know, a 19.28% knockout rate, but still, man, 249 bouts. Uh, pretty nuts, man. And, uh, you know, this guy's 5'10 and a half, uh, 70-inch reach, uh, you know. Yeah. Oh, Mike froze up. He froze up for a second on that last oh, part. Sorry. Right? sorry, man. Uh, yeah. Uh, I don't know where I froze up. When you're talking about the reach, you're talking about his reach. Oh, you know, 5'10", 70-inch reach, Puerto Rican, uh, you know. And then he moves to New Haven, Connecticut, USA. And uh, this is this is all because of his father, uh, who was a Marine, I believe. What, uh, what, weight did, what weight class did he say? I forget what weight class did he say. He's a welter. He's a welter. Welterweight, welterweight. Herbert Lewis Hardwick. Lewis Kid Coca or Co Cocoa. The Cocoa Kid. There you go. The Cocoa Kid. 
There you go. Uh, Mr. Hagler, your thoughts? Who you think would win out of that, Robinson and him? Um, well, I mean, I that's the thing. That's the thing, man. I mean, there's a reason why these guys were on this list because everyone was avoiding them. They, they, they said how he dropped them in sparring. Um, so you know what? You got to guess. You don't yeah. You wasn't yeah, yeah. born. You wasn't born. Yeah, yeah. Just, just by reading, by reading <laughs> stuff. I'm, I'm okay. a cocoa kid. Well, how about this? How would you? Um, what, what would you think of of Marvelous lining up with some of those guys, some of those middleweights? Well, as I said, the, the one thing about Marvelous is he he was always in shape. He never ran out of gas, and he was coming at you 100 miles an hour. So. You know, unless those guys, it would be, it would have been good. Unless you know, those guys would have to make sure that they were on their A game if they were facing, you know, Marvis Marvin Hagler. What hand? What hand was he? I had the access for years. What, what hand was? What hand was? Was 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 Marvin? Southpaw. Southpaw. What? What? He was left-handed. Yeah. Well, yeah. he because he fought kind of. I, I mean, because well, he switched. He was I, I thought he switched. So he's southpaw. Yeah, and he, but okay, it, but and he fought that way. Yeah, okay, I'm figuring Yeah, so okay. he switched back okay. and forth. You know why he switched, right? He had to switch because he was going to Philly. So he needed something because those guys was tough back then. So he needed something to throw him off. And that's when they started learning how to fight the other side as well. So when he going into the Lions, then that, that's how he uh, started. Interesting. Switching. Yeah. He needs some more weapons, some more weapons. I do believe if he practiced real hard on that side, that he could still do good on that side. He perfected. He'll perfect well, he, it. Well, he but did. I know you said he went on both sides. He went on both sides. I understand he, that gave him more tools. But if he would have stayed on one, he still would have did just as good. Yeah. Yeah. But because he, he had an iron chin. The one thing that he has in common with those guys is that. He was authentically tough, and his his will. He had a strong will, and oh, he was yeah. hungry. He was very hungry, and these guys back then were so hungry, man. You know, cause they that's how they was feeding their families, man. That's why you see these records, two hundred fights. They was fighting three times a month, four times a month. You know, get knocked out. What? Come back and fight again. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I was in the UK with him too. We did a couple of shows, and uh, I think we was in Leeds. We was in Sheffield. Okay. Man, they love they love them. They love them. Yeah, they do. Yep. They do. And I sat I sat next to him. I sat next to him, uh, talking to him. He, he's really cool, man. Really cool. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate yep. it. Thank you. That's my man. So Hardwick Hardwick faced Holman Williams for the World Color Middleweight Championship on January fifteenth, nineteen forty three, at the Victory Arena in New Orleans, uh, Louisiana. Hardwick took the title from Williams on points in that twelve round bout. Uh, he never defended the title, uh, which became extinct. Instead, he met Williams at New Orleans Coliseum Arena on September 15, 1944, for the duration middleweight world title. This time, the result was a draw after 12 rounds. It was his second fight after being discharged from the U.S. Navy. Wow. Interesting, wow. interesting. Yeah. So, And for those people that don't know about the World Colored Welterweight Championship, it was created in 1936. Uh, and on July 26th of that year, Hardwick met young Peter Jackson, the holder of the Pacific Coast and Mexican lightweight titles at Hennon Park in New Orleans, Louisiana, in a 10-round bout uh, referred to uh, referred by Harry Will, uh, Wills as the three-time world 
colored heavyweight champion, Hardwick won via technical knockout in the second round. Uh, he made four defenses of that title on September 22nd of that year, the same venue. He defeated Jackie Alvaro on points in 10 rounds. Um, you know, he know, <laughs> um, also in third 1937 at the Coliseum arena in new Orleans, Hardwick fought his old nemesis, old Holian Williams prevailing in a close fight, winning a decision in the 12 rounder ring magazine had donated a championship belt for the belt. Uh, Hardwick successfully defended his title against the black against black Canadian boxer, Sonny Jones at the Valley arena in Massachusetts on November 15, 1937 in a, ref- in a bout uh, referred by then former world champion Jack Sharkey, uh, Hardwick scored a technical knockout in the sixth round uh, uh, of their 15 round bout. Uh, he had devastated Jones in the third with a right to his jaw and then uh, a, with a right that opened a cut over Sonny's left eye. Uh, Sharkey stopped the fight when Jones could barely see. So mm-hmm. these guys were battling it out, man. And, uh, you know, week after week couple times a month, uh, you know, and fighting each other for this, this, this championship and this tournament that these guys had to make up because they were so damn feared mm-hmm. by every other boxer in, in their division. 24 rounds. Those guys had to be, I'm just saying somebody did 20 something rounds. Them yeah. guys had to be in shape. Yeah, so yeah. I, Briefly. I was just saying, you know what? Our skills was a little, were a little bit better, but conditioning those guys are strong, man. They were strong back then. I think now, because you just walk like this, they'd be walking like this and stuff. Right. But they were strong. Yeah. Right? With their yeah. lacking skills, they were strong and go 25 rounds. And um, I'm trying to debate, uh, how would we do against them? You know? Because if they're strong, they might, lack, they might lack skills, but they'll be there all day long. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they're hungry. So, and they was hungry, right. too. They, yeah. Okay, so I always was thinking about that. I'm saying, man, if I got in there with a Jack Sarkey, I know if I hit him on the chin, he probably still get up. Right, but right. If, if they strong, so mm-hmm. I always wondering about that. Yeah, man, that'd be strong that'd be, dudes, right? I'm talking yeah. about before Joe Lewis. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You know, them boys were strong. Yeah, 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 yeah they yeah. were. They were. Yeah, twenty-four rounds, and still, <laughs> you seen who, who that did twenty rounds or twenty-four rounds? You know, Mike. Oh, two, two fights. That's basically two fights in one it night. It is. Same yeah, time. Yeah, still yeah. be strong, yeah. and he's still strong. I'm like, Ooh. yeah. And plus, and plus, the glove sizes was different as well. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah definitely. Uh, they, def- they definitely weren't made. They definitely weren't made of uh, what they are made of. Because <laughs> sure. um, when you look at them, man, they you know no matter what weight they are, uh, you ever notice that in those old pictures they all look like bag gloves. Yeah, they all look like bag gloves. The nineteen eighty, the nineteen eighty bag gloves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the metal one, that metal bar hanging around it. The bar, the metal bar in the, in yeah, the yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. The metal, the metal bar with like the bag of marbles that just. Looks like <laughs> I wonder. I wonder. I wonder. I wonder how many guys can't communicate. How many? How fast? Because there was a lot. Of, the communications probably was bad after like about 20 fights, 25 fights, because a lot of them got hit too, you know. Yeah, so yeah, imagine, yeah. imagine that. This, you know, just nowadays when guys box too, you can start losing a little bit like 
Like, you know, you can't remember things and stuff like that. Right, Imagine right. with those small gloves. Yeah, oh, yeah. And, they, and going they, all those rounds, right? Yeah, yeah. And they were swinging for the bleachers, too. Well, they tried to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> they tried to kill you. Uh, you must have played baseball before. <laughs> you played baseball before, huh? <laughs> you played baseball? Yes. Yeah, I played baseball before. Okay. Yeah. Um, but of course, especially because they were probably getting, you know, they probably give them an extra bonus for the for having a, you know, knockout of the night or something like that. And right. of course, you're trying to get every extra piece of, piece extra of money nickel. you can, especially back Man, then. So, like so you guys already talked about murders. Uh, Y'all already talked about murders row and how they how they got started and everything. I know I tried to get on. And the first, the, the, our first day, we just gave a brief summary okay. of, of of all the guys and how it got started. And each day, we 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 picked two guys. And uh, and oh, and just talk about those okay, for, for that yeah. day. That's what we've been doing every week. And then uh, I never tomorrow, knew tomorrow, tomorrow, we got to, well, we saved the best for last. Well, for what they say, the okay. best for last. Yeah. Charlie Burley, they say, they say from what everyone says, was the, was probably the best one out of all of them. Um, Charlie Burley. Even though, even though, even though Hardwick, the Kokoa kid, from April to September of 1940, he was the number one welterweight contender in the world. However, Henry Armstrong, who held the world, Henry Armstrong, that yeah, who held that world welterweight championship, refused to give him a title shot. And then October 9th, 1943, Hardwick made the cover of Knockout Magazine as the Kokoa Kid. And Armstrong is a bad dude. He ain't want to fight this other guy. No. Whoa! I'm glad I ain't fighting back then. Armstrong <laughs> <laughs> all in your face, right? Armstrong all in you. He don't back up, right? Yeah, and he didn't want to fight this other guy. No, he didn't, he didn't want to fight him. That's, <laughs> that's, that's, hey, 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 that's, a, that's the amazing thing about the, about these guys is that a lot of the top dudes was like, nah, I'm cool. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know what I'm saying? They're like, nah, I'm cool. Ooh. I'm like, wow. They, they never got a, a chance to hold a title, you know? No, they had to, they had to create their own title, man, in their own mm. tournament. And, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. this is the reason why we were talking about two guys who faced each other 11 times. And, uh, you know, unfortunate uh, Herbert, Herbert had Holy Hol, Hol, uh Holman's cards, man. Cause you know, he beat him eight out of the 11 times they faced each other. Mm. So, you know, it, it's going to show you, uh, I guess, I guess when you're feared, when you, when you're feared instead of loved, you get put into a different category. And uh, unfortunately you get kind of, I guess you get kind of sidelined really, or, or shelved. And uh, you know, you can't get the fights that you want to get. I, and, you know, and, and that's just going back in the 40s. Like, the same kind of shit happened with you, Tim. I, I know you were talking about it. I'm sure it happened to your dad, James. Uh, you know, these guys, you guys were feared. And, uh, and and you didn't get the fights that you wanted because of that. And honestly, I think these guys helped pave the way for people like Tim and your dad to to, to come through and, and, and start to make a change in it, right? No doubt. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah, I, think, um, I, think, I think all those guys should be inducted in the Hall of Fame. I know some of them are, but I think they all should be. They all should have a place, man, because uh, it's just unfortunately that they didn't get a chance to fight for a title, you know. And, yeah. Uh, I just yeah. hate to see. That. I just hate to see that. Like, like I said the other day about Demetrius Andres, even Vernon Forrest, another guy that would that took a while to get a title. Nobody wanted to fight him neither. And right. I remember talking. To, I remember talking to Vernon in the gym because <clears throat> I was on the Holyfield amateur boxing team at the time, and um. You know, he was like, Hagler, come here, man. Tell your dad I'm, I'm trying to get this title. So I called my dad up and he said, hey, you know, tell Vernon as long as he keeps winning, they got to give him a shot. 
to tell him to keep winning. I remember me and my dad, we watched this the fight the night that he won the title, man. And he was and I seen him the next day at the mall. He was so excited. And I let I, you know, I told him, I told my dad, and uh, he was man, I miss Bernard. Bernard was a cool dude, man. Yeah, and, uh, I can imagine. Yeah, I never met him, but he seemed to be a nice guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. He was real, real good, real disciplined, you know. First person to beat Mosley. Yeah, well, they, those two had the amateur wars, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, they yeah, was going yeah. back and forth during the amateur time, so they couldn't wait to get in there with, uh, with Shane, man. Yeah, and that's mm. just crazy because no one up until that point, nobody really heard of Vernon Forrest yet because, uh, um, you know, when Shane Mosley, Shane Mosley was the man at that time when they fought. Right, nobody, right. Nobody's really thinking about Vernon Forrest, and he beat him once. Everyone thought it was just a fluke, and he beat him again the second time. Like, mm. All right, you well, Vernon always got the best of him. Vernon always got the best of him in, during the amateurs. In the amateurs, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So they're so used to fighting each other in the amateurs when they turn pro, they just go gun ho. I mean, they in an in intelligent way. Yeah, in an intelligent way, right? And that's my uncle. My uncle Robbie Simmons told me when I was when I was fighting. He said, "Remember these guys." I was like, "Why?" He said, "Because you're gonna see them in the pro. If you turn pro, you're gonna see them in the pro." Yeah, so he said, "Remember yeah, those yeah. guys." You know. I got a question for uh, for uh, Mr. Hagler and Witherspoon. James will go first. Is there any any um, like black fighters from your dad's era that maybe you heard your dad talk about that uh, that maybe didn't get their chance or didn't get their shine at the time? And then Tim answered the same thing after uh, James. Um, I never heard him talk about anybody that that was going through what he was going through at the time. But he always talked about uh, Reuben Carter. He talked about him a lot. Oh, and, 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 yeah. um, and uh, what's uh, what's the other what's the other um. He talked about uh, Dick Tider and uh, what's what's the other middleweight? Dick Tiger. Uh, I heard that name. Yeah, I heard that uh, name. What's his name? He came up to the gym. Uh, what's his name, man? He was, was a middleweight. From Jersey. He's from Jersey. Oh, middleweight. I think. I think, I think so. Mm. Um, what's his name? ML Griffin. Okay. Email. Okay. okay. Yes. Yes. Those, those are guys that you hear him talk about a lot in the gym and. When we're out, out talking about boxing, he brought those guys up a lot. I think he patting himself a little bit behind Ruben, you know, because Ruben mm. was the first one to come out with the robe, the ball head, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. I know. Um, real quick before Tim, you answer. I know. I'm pretty sure James. I'm pretty sure Muhammad Ali said this about about your dad. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but he was like early, like I know your dad. He fought. He he did have some big fights, but he still you know had to work his way up to get those big fights. And had to wait a long time for those big fights, and I'm pretty sure uh, I heard a quote from Muhammad Ali saying to him, "He said, you got three things against you. He said, you're good, you're black, and you're a southpaw.'" <laughs> so, that was Joe Frazier. That, that was, was Joe Frazier because oh, he, okay, 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 he won. Okay. He won. A, he won. A, um, I think a two, three day night to, to stay at Joe Frazier's house okay. uh, on the radio. He won that, and mm, he ended up wow. going to Joe Frazier's house and spending time with him. Oh, and Joe Frazier said that to your dad? Joe Frazier said that to him. Wow. Wow. <laughs> That's uh, awesome, man. Go ahead, Tim. No, I don't really. You know, when we were fighting, um, um, everybody did fight each other. Like, you know, yeah, I know right. you said, yeah, when, when I was, we had a, good, a whole a good flock of heavyweights uh, and other weights, everybody fought each other. They, you mm. know, I don't think, I can't, that's why I can't remember, um, Anybody like, you know, running from another guy 
It might have been maybe because of money, the money or something like that. But other than that, everybody fought each other. That's Boy, right. Every, you're yeah. right about that. And, that, yeah. and that, that's that's when boxing was boxing. You know what I mean? Because yeah. nowadays, man, you got to wait 30 years to see a group to <laughs> fight each other, man. You yeah. know, and then they take time off of the ring. They fight one time and three years yeah. go by, oh, he coming back. You know, where did yeah, he go? Then when Don King was was attempting to get Tyson from from no from those guys, he was lining all the heavyweights up just to fight Tyson. Um, right. And yeah, we they, they were he was lining them all up. He forgot about everybody else. Mm. He forgot about everybody and said, "Hey, that's my thing." And he started putting each one in. He put Miss Green yeah. in. He put he got Miss Green good. Um, I didn't want to go in because I was only going to get five hundred grand, and out of that, I was going to get one hundred and fifty. So right, right, with everybody right. making a couple of million, so yeah, he yeah, started yeah. lining everybody up, and um, and he finally got Mike. Hmm. You know, he finally hmm. got him, and then all the abuse, all the whatever happened, they did. You know, right. he hmm. went through. So um, he at one point he just forgot about everybody and said, "No, concentrating on Mike." Boom, and so that this is where we at today. Right, and you know, Holyfield fought everybody too. That's what I like about Holyfield. Well, yeah. for everybody, you know what I'm saying? Well, wait, wait, let me say something real quick. Um, at one time we were scheduled to fight, and they turned the fight down, and they said he had a, a heart problem. Something was wrong. Oh, yeah, with yeah, his yeah, heart. yeah. I remember, I remember. Some, some, I remember. something was yeah, wrong yeah, with yeah. his heart. But yeah. a lot of guys was was a lot of guys was scared. A lot of management, not the boxers. Right. The boxers right. didn't care about fighting. That's but right. the management, the management didn't want it. Lennox Lewis, Lou Duvenham. They didn't want. They didn't. They didn't want to fight. Fight me for some reason. I wasn't even in shape. Who else? It was. Uh, hmm. Um, it's even documented that um, Mike Tyson people. Um, Pepperoni. Not him. His managers and them. They, the they didn't want to. I felt that gave me a lift when right? I found that out. Cakes. Huh? Kate. I think. It's, the name no, what's Kate. his name? What's his, what's Tyson's people? Bill, his name was his name was Bill. That was one of his manager. Yeah, and the, the, uh, this guy should know. Him, he should right? know. I was like, I know Tyson to fight me any day in the week, and but the management in them was scared, and I think yeah. that's because of the skills. They didn't know which Tim Witherspoon going to wind up. So mm. I was like feeling real good about that. I was like, okay, I yeah, know Bill. Mike would have fight me. I know right. Lennox would have fight me, no problem. But right, that was right. the management. I was like, that's cool. And I said, yeah. <laughs> Yo, I didn't know that. I didn't are, you know that. About, are you talking about Jimmy Jacobs? Yeah, Clayton. Jimmy Jacobs, Bill Clayton. Clayton. Bill Clayton, yeah, yeah, they turned it down. Yeah, yeah. They turned it down. I was like, whoa. I said, okay. And then <laughs> Lou Duva, Lou Duva and them turned it down for me with Lennox. I was like, because they said they, they didn't know which they didn't know which Tim Witherspoon was going to we'll show. Call me. Yeah. But those guys were the fourth. They were the fourth. It was the management. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, oh yeah, yeah, I yeah. The like, fighters, okay. fighters want to fight, so that that you know, it's never their fault. It's either the managers or the promoters. Yeah. I wasn't ready. That's what I mean. Gonna... Even even right now with with Spence and Crawford, I don't I don't think like people. You don't you don't box your whole life and then wake up one day and all of a sudden afraid of afraid of fighting somebody. <laughs> I don't I don't I don't think it's them that don't want it. It's the ma it's the management yeah. that's, that's clashing. Yeah, I had to tell Dante's boxing. I had to tell him I seen him at the boxing expo and I and I seen he had did a set with um with uh what's his name um uh, what's the guy's name? They said my dad ran from him. And uh, 
Yeah, and he you're fought, dead red for somebody. Yeah, the dude, but the dude fought. I'm, not, I'm about to have his name in, in a minute. The dude fought James Tony, uh, the body snatcher. The the spot. The oh, body Mike snatcher. McCallum. Mike McCallum. Oh, Mike, all right. Mar right. Marvin would have done him. Right. I, so I, like I told Mike. I told him I said I, I told him say, hey, look, man, my dad wasn't scared of nobody, man. The only reason why they didn't fight was because he couldn't get no money with him. Exactly. You know exactly. what I'm saying? And they he was going to fight him before the uh, before the beast. Yeah. And and then oh. they had found the beast, and they was like, well, we could make more money with him than fight McCollum. You know what I I'm think saying? Mike so, McCallum, that's that's to me that would have been a nice money. That so it was the money. It was the money. That would have been a money, nice money yeah. fight. Yeah. But look at Hearns didn't fight him. Sugar didn't fight him. Duran didn't fight him. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? There was no money in fighting. Uh, McCullough. No. Okay. Okay. There's a okay. big risk, low reward. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Because he had two close fights with James Tony still in his prime. Oh, so, yes. James Tony. So, so my dad said, my dad said, when I see, he told me, he said, tough. when I see Mike McCullough, I went over there and I, and I said hello to him. And I told him, you know, I had a lot of respect for him. He's a good fighter. And I'm, you know, I'm sorry that we couldn't get it on, you know. Mm. And, and, you know, Mike was like, oh, he still was bitter, but I'm like, that pissed me off. I'm like, what are you? I mean, you know, you you should have did something. You know what I'm saying? You should have made it so you can't get this money fight. Yeah. That's on you, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, and you bitter? Yeah. You still bitter? Ain't nobody running from you. We fighters. <laughs> we fight. Hey, we fight right now. You know. <laughs> so the management, the management. I guess um, I don't know. They 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 supposed to help uh, uh, boost the, um, your career up and everything, and so you could be a big money. A money uh, boxer. Um, so, what you think? I'm just saying. Um, you know, the managers and them to build them up so he can get yeah. the big money fight. So yeah. he had a problem with them. He had a problem with his managers and stuff. Who, my dad? Yeah. Well, at first, at, at first, it was taking too long to get the title shot. So he okay. was thinking about going out. I remember to LA. that. I remember he was that. thinking about going out to LA. I remember that sometimes he was frustrated at home because okay. he wanted it, and then when he found out what was going on and why he wasn't getting his title shot, it became a different story. So right. that's why he stayed. That's why he ended up staying with them. Clancy, it actually was Gil Clancy and them guys not not giving them title fight because yeah. he was good. They knew yeah. that he was going to beat their man. Okay. So, so, so they, they kept running from him. So he had to go, so he had to, go to, to the Kennedys out there in Boston to you know to get him to uh, get a, a title shot they told gil clancy those guys they was like look if you don't give marvin a title shot we're going to open up a full investigation that's how he got the title shot with uh veto in the front wow wow holy crow man yeah. wow so you, you your dad was pretty much got your, your dad was in the same the same boat as, as these guys said yeah right? same boat as these guys right yeah. i mean he could have been the he could have been the guy we could be talking about him right now yeah right. right. marvin was a good fighter but he never got that chance Exactly. That, that that's just you know to, uh, for people to do that to a fighter and ruin their career, uh, I just think it's terrible, man. You know, yeah, I man. really I really think that's 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 hard to take to swallow as a just as a fighter, man. As a fighter, right. you know what I mean. You never get that shot. You know you was you was worthy of this. You know you was good. You know you were the best, and you just couldn't get it because of politics. Yeah, you know, yeah. You know and it's that's bananas. It's yeah. kind of crazy. Uh, good thing is, you know, Williams was elected. Uh, Holman Williams was elected into the Boxing Hall of Fame uh, in 1996 and was ele elected into the International Boxing Hall of Fame in 2008. Uh, he was killed in a fire while asleep in the club where he worked at. So, mm. 
yeah, it's unfortunate that happened to him, but uh, you know, he's one of these guys that definitely deserves to be there. Um, oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, and and speaking of uh, Mr. Mr. Hardwick here, you know, he fought and lost to Archie Moore in 1945. Uh, he lost his last professional fight on August 24th, 1948, against Bobby Mann at Bell Park in Trenton, New Jersey. Uh, in 1949, uh, Sugar Ray Robertson entered into and then broke uh, two agreements to fight against Hardwick. <coughs> in the year of 1949, Hardwick was Robinson's sparring partner at the Walter Wade Kings training camp. So, you know, at the end of his boxing career, Hardwick had fought 244 professional fights. He won 176, 40 weight, 48 wins by knockout. Lost 56 fights, seven by way of knockout, and 10 of his fights were classified as draws. Um, yeah, man, these guys, uh, these guys paved the way for people um, like like your dad and Tim, to be honest. Let me. I have a personal question. Yes. Dax Junior. Isn't that Junior? No, I'm the oldest. <laughs> okay, you're the oldest. Now, I was several times over over uh, overseas, like in events with your. With your with your dad and um his wife, do you know her real good? Yeah, I know his wife. Yeah, yeah. She and and I met her. She seemed pretty tough. She oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, she yeah, pretty yeah. tough. She don't play with people. I yeah, said, yeah, yeah, She's yeah. like, I was like, is she in the mob? You know, she yeah, Italian. Yeah. I was like, oh, she must yeah, be a mob daughter. She must be a mob daughter or something like that. <laughs> I was like, she's like tough towards me and stuff, and like she's overprotective with him. Yeah, yeah. Was, he he told me he said. He said, "That's my watchdog." Yeah, <laughs> she like yeah, and she was acting like a security guard. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah Yo, we did several cool. events. Every time I see her, say hi and yeah. stuff like that. And I was sitting yeah. next door, and she was serious. She was like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, she like his bodyguard. I was like, so yeah. I was actually, you yeah. know, yeah, um, she's she's she's, she's in Italy right now, right? Say it again. She's in Italy, right? right yeah, now? yeah, she's in Italy. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I met her like three or four times. I was like, she's a bodyguard. She ain't let nobody mess with him. Oh, she wants yeah. to start <laughs> fighting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Serious. She, yeah. she doesn't she doesn't she doesn't get along with a lot of the, the females in our family. <laughs> okay. Okay. Because you know she's too protective, you know. So we like, yeah, she is. Yeah, yeah. If I if somebody outside, if somebody outside, I'm cool with her, but if somebody outside the real the, the sense that then yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was just yeah, like saying hi, hey, I was like, yeah, 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 he had to tell her. He has to tell her sometimes. Hey, relax, just relax, relax, relax. It's okay, it's okay. <laughs> I know. She yeah, he likes that though. He liked that though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he liked, oh, he he liked, he liked the hard stuff, huh? He liked. Yeah, the, he liked that. The, <laughs> yeah, my dad was. My dad was very. Hard. He was a hard dude, man. So he, he liked. Yeah, it. but he was. Listen, he was. He. he I never seen him meet mad or nothing no. like that. He'd go around nice and cool with everybody. And that's what I liked about him. When he fight, he really oh, showed yeah. up. He yeah. showed up in shape. The switch. It's like flipping yeah, the yeah. switch, man. Yeah. Your, dad, your dad was a very humble person on the outside of the ring. Great humanitarian. But, man, get that man in the ring, flip that switch, 
and mm-hmm. uh, a ferocious beast stands on the other side of the, you know, uh, on the other on the other side of you, man. When you're going up against them, like like night and day, like night and day. And I, and I and I love and I love how your father never never carried that outside of the ring, man. That that aggression and that and that ferociousness. It's just right. it was like a switch, man. Your, your dad knew your dad knew how to turn it, man. Some guys can turn it on, and some guys can't, you know. And your dad definitely yeah. was one of those guys that could do that. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Thank you. Yeah, man. Uh, that being said, guys, we're getting to that time to the end of the show today. Um, Cedric, uh, finish us off by the conclusion. Yep. Today was uh, today's Thursday, so today was our fourth day of um, focusing on uh, the 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 members of the Black Murderers Row from the 1930s and 40s, who are some great great black fighters who never got their shot at uh, you know at the top guys because everyone knew how dangerous they were. Um, so yes, we're giving them their shine this week. And so people still remember who they are and still remember their names. And tomorrow we're going to focus on, um, Charlie Burley, who many say that was the best out of, out of the guys from this black murderers row. And also I didn't, we didn't do Lloyd Marshall yet. Did we? No, not yet. No. Okay. So we got Charlie Burley and Lloyd Marshall tomorrow. Yeah, man. In the Black Murders Row. Hopefully, uh, James and Tim could join us again. I'll be here. Definitely. All right. Well, to all the Talk and Fight fans out there today, thanks for tuning in to this special episode of Knuckle Up. Uh, Thanks again to James for joining us and uh, two-time heavyweight champ Tim Witherspoon. Always a pleasure, guys. Uh, We'll see you tomorrow for the continuation of this great story about the Black Murders Row and these eight fighters who paved the way for most African-American fighters in the game today and, uh, you know, have, have set it up for, for their success, man. So, guys, make sure you come join us tomorrow for Charlie Burley and who, who's the next one? Lloyd, Lloyd Marshall. Marshall. Lloyd Marshall. Okay, Charlie Burley, Lloyd Marshall. So, guys, same time, same channel tomorrow. Continuation, Black Murderers Row, you know what it is. We'll see you then. Peace. All right. Peace. Okay. Wait, how-